Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reefbum. I'm your host Keith Brokelhammer. So on today's live stream, I welcome Paul Allen. What's up, Paul? Thanks for joining, man. Hey Keith. Absolutely, Keith. I'm honored to be here. So um, Paul has been in the hobby for nearly 20 years. That's a long time, Paul. And is currently the president of the Boston Reefer Society. So we're going to be talking a lot about local reef uh, clubs and how important they really are to the reef keeping ecosystem. Paul has um, also been helping me out in terms of moderating this live stream. And I thank you, Paul, for that. But uh, tonight the moderator is going to be interviewed. <laughs> so, <laughs> But before we do that, let me take care of a little business and thank the sponsors for the show, Bulk Resupply and Ecotech Marine. Really appreciate these companies supporting the show. And I also appreciate all you folks tuning in. I see a lot of familiar um, folks out there joining the live stream. And as always, we encourage you to contribute to the chat and ask a lot of questions. Fire away at Paul to uh, so we can really kind of get behind the uh, the scenes here and, and um, do a little digging in terms of his reef keeping journey and talk about these um, reef keeping clubs. So, all right, Paul, I'm going to put you right on the spot here at the beginning here and ask you about this, uh, how you got involved in the hobby. What, what, what has been your journey like almost 20 years? Yeah, it's, um, well, it's like most, I started off with freshwater tanks. I remember being a small, you know, a small boy or a child or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I had a cousin that was always into keeping various, you know, exotic fish and reptiles and snakes and birds. It was, you know, it, it, it was cool to be, uh, exposed to all that stuff. And I remember going down to like the local department store where you could buy everything. And my, you know, my mother, my father surprised me with a, it was either a 10 or a 20 gallon tank and it like neon Tetris and banana plants. And that's about, you know, all that I can remember. And, uh, it was the best thing ever. Like I couldn't believe it. Like I had my own fish, you know, and like everything was alive in there, you know, and it was, uh, you know, truly mind blowing. And, um, you know, from there it just progressed, you know, I ended up getting an, maybe a 55 gallon tank at one point i had some type of terrarium set up you know with some type of gecko lizards and a water feature and that type of stuff and then uh you know fast forward into my i was probably i think i was about 26 i had a daughter i had a newborn baby and uh i had just got laid off you know like keith and i had spoke about this before you know early tonight like i just got laid off i was like oh no what am i gonna do like i got all these bills da, 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 and you know, I needed something to occupy, occupy my time. And, um, and I, you know, I grabbed the local one advertiser and I found a 44 gallon perfecto, uh, Pentagon tank, took the ride, got that, set it up. Were you looking for a and tank I, or you just like opened up the, um, yeah, classifieds I, I, and you found, uh, all of a sudden the tank staring in your right at you. Yeah. I was, I was always interested in it. Like there was a few local shops that's still around that I used to frequent and I'd be like, Oh my God, like I can't afford this. You know, like it was tough being, you know, I was the only one bringing in the, you know, bringing in the money and the paying the bills and kids with diapers and you know, all that good stuff and formula. And, uh, and I, I remember going to this, this one store and like, I mean, like I'd go there on like a Friday night, maybe a Saturday night, mm -hmm. but like every week and just ogle and ogle at like every fish in there. And I'm like, Yo, how much does this tank cost? Like, how much <laughs> is this? And not knowing like the the real cost of like running yeah. a success, successful reef aquarium, and uh, you know it just never happened. And I was like, oh, maybe there's one in the want ad, and that's how that came to fruition. And uh, the rest is history, really. You know, hook, line, and sinker there, huh? 
Yes, sir. <laughs> so did you have anybody, uh, you know, when you were starting out keeping reef tanks and what have you, like your first reef tank, did you have a, like a mentor that you followed that um, you kind of tried to mimic in terms of the way you kept the reef tank? Um, not really. I, I mean, to go back on that, you know, like I went to my local PECO at that time, you know, this is probably 2003, 2004. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I want to get this fish. I want to get this thing. You know, whatever whatever fish they were selling, clownfish, gobies, I don't know, at that particular time. And the guy that was there, he was real, you know, like kind of aggravated me because I was like, oh, I want to get this fish. And he's like, what's your parameters? And I, I knew nothing about nothing, you know, like I. <laughs> You're like, what? Like, <laughs> I literally bought that tank and I washed it with ivory dish soap on my mother's front lawn. <laughs> And filled it up with water. And, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to get some fish. <laughs> and they were like, at, you know, thankfully the guy at Peco, like, he was great. And, uh, you know, he was involved in, like, the Boston uh, Aquarium Society. And, you know, he was, like, a, a big name type of, type of, you know, I don't remember his name at this point. But he was, like, you know, someone. So I, I'd frequent that place and I'd pick ideas off him. And, and eventually he was like, hey, have you heard of this this website uh, called Boston Reef Society? And I was like, what's that? And. You know, I went back on uh, back on the dial-up days at AOL and <laughs> you know, waiting for that page to load seemed like days. And, uh, you know, it, it popped up and I, I just remember seeing all this stuff. And, like, I was kind of at a point in my life, like, I won't really go into specifics. Like, I needed some type of outlet and I needed something to, you know, like, keep my attention. You know, I'm wicked ADD if you can't tell by now, you know, like uh, – <laughs> But I need something to like focus on and like, you know, really drive and, you know, some type of a hobby, you know, like I did the car thing, I did the bike thing, I did the, you know, motorcycle thing, X, Y, Z, they all cost a ton of money, you know, and uh, I was like, I'm going to try, you know, this, this, this reef tank originally it was going to be like fish only with live rock. Like I remember built ordering from live Aquarius it was like Walt Smith, Fiji rock, yep. came like wet newspapers. And I built a frame out of like, uh, I think half inch or three quarter PVC so I can make like a cool open structure probably similar to like you know like the early stages of uh the nfs uh aquascapes now yeah. and uh you know it worked it worked out pretty well and, and and you know i went i remember going to boston reef is me in and you know bumping into a few people and you know you get this online persona and you're trying to match who's who and i remember uh being gravitated to a certain number number of guys that like really knew what they were doing. You know what I mean? Well, to me anyways, I mean, yeah, they definitely knew what they're doing because they still have very successful tanks to this day. But I was just drawn to that. I was like, oh, you know, like, uh, like, oh, how do you get this to grow? How do you, you know, like, I don't even remember what I had for lights, but I remember the first light fixture that I bought was a, uh, it was like a Coralife compact fluorescent. And it was like, you know, 130 bucks or something. And I was like, oh my God, it's so expensive for this light. Like how do people just buy these things? And, but all these other guys that I knew, these guys and girls that were successful at the hobby, they had these 400-watt halides. And I'm like, you know, back then where I had just gotten laid off, I'm thinking about like, oh, how am I going to pay an exuberant amount of yeah. electric bill, you know, for fish and coral? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, in the cards at that point. Not really that it is now, but, <laughs> you know, you make do. And, uh, well, yeah, it is not, uh, it, it, it is not a, a cheap hobby. I mean, it, it, you can definitely do things in terms of do-it-yourself type of stuff and and um you know you could also be very prudent in terms of the kind of corals you put in your tank that are not going to break the bank but you know by the same token there's so much stuff out there and you've got the whole attraction in terms of social media and, and instagram and what have you and and people just kind of like get crazed about certain pieces of coral i'm have to like 
I get, you know, like in the back of my head, I was like, man, I got to have this piece. I got to have this piece. And, uh, but then you're like, man, the price tag in that thing is like freaking ridiculous. So you gotta, you yeah. gotta kind of keep, uh, you know, bringing the reins in, so to speak, but it's not easy. It's, it's not easy, but it has changed a lot since, uh, you know, back in the day. I mean, I've, I've been in the hobby nearly 30 years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly changed. I mean, I remember, um, you know, you you, you mentioned, um, you know, somebody uh, at Petco had said, Hey, have you ever heard of Boston Reefer Society? I, I remember when I was in a, uh, a local fish store back in Connecticut and and this this guy had these just kick-ass SPS dominant uh, tanks and so I always used to go to his store so he was like kind of my um, you know mentor I, I guess you could say well at least the person that I was trying to emulate in terms of his uh, his tank um, but you know I would, I would always go there at, at, like on, on the weekends and what have you and I ran into a couple of guys and and you know started chatting them up and stuff and and they said to me have you ever heard of Reef Central and I was like what's that mm. <laughs> you know and so that's kind of like how I found uh Reef Central and and the message board so it's a um it's 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 interesting in terms of the kind of things that you uh do to 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 get information and and today there's just so much information out there yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely mind blowing. Sometimes, like uh, you know, I definitely wasn't like in the forefront, you know, like uh, how things took took off. There's a lot of guys that came before me, guys and girls that, you know, uh, definitely paved the way. And like, I'm forever grateful for that. You know, like uh, I've just recently, you know, got into the politics politics side of the club, and you know, like trying to do the social media thing and. It's a lot, you know. It's definitely a lot. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, different avenues. It's cool because there's a lot of information. But I know for me, like, uh, you know, just talking in terms of uh, like, I like the sense of belonging. You know, it's a it's a cool, tight knit niche community. You know, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, jerks. No matter where <laughs> you go, you know what I mean. But for the most part, like everyone that I meet, for the most part, is like solid as solid as come. You know, like yeah. lifelong friends. You know, like I. I still talk to guys that I talked to, you know, back in 2003, 2004, you know, when I was getting involved in, uh, like, thank God for that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it's funny because one of my closest friends, like, I met in the club back then, you know, obviously, like, I had a break, you know, raising my kids or whatever and, and uh, you know, doing that type of stuff. And, and uh, you know, I didn't have a tank or I had a small tank a nano tank a 10 gallon a 20 gallon you know then i'll screw it i'm selling everything i'm out of it you know I'll try to get involved in a different hobby within like six months or a year i'm setting up another tank so that's literally how it's been for like you know as my children grew up and uh and then like i think 2014 i had a cousin that you know the same cousin that like introduced me to like reptiles and everything as as a small child he's like hey i got this 14 gallon uh bio cube you know it's got a couple of clownfish and uh you know, it's just sitting in the sunlight, you know, he's like, you want it? And I was like, nah, I don't really want it. It's a 14 gallon tank. Like I want a big tank, you know, <laughs> like a couple hundred gallon tank. And, uh, and my mother's like, well, the girls like fish, you know, da, 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 da. you know, like, why don't you get, go get it? So I went and got it. You know, I ran that thing, you know, like, you know, typical softy tank, a couple of zoanthids, a couple of mushrooms and that type of stuff. And, uh, and then at some point, I think I, you know, came back into the club, you know, I always always remained part of the club but not like i am now or not really even like i you know i just kind of checked in from time yeah. to time like hey what's new da 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 whatever and uh because i wasn't like all in all in you know and then uh now you're all in it's probably like 
Yeah, now I'm in too deep, you know, like I joke with, a, I joke with, you know, offices in the club and, a, you know, there's a couple other guys I look up to that very successful reef keepers, you know, like um, more money than God, so, so to speak. And I joke with them and like we having a chat earlier and I was like, you know, I was looking into like right now I have a hundred gallon tank and I have an 80 gallon tank, two four foot tanks, like an L, right? And I'm like, oh man, like I wish I planned this, like planning is key for everything in life you know what i mean but like i had the opportunity to get this tank so i got it you know i got a good deal on it you know whatever i got another one for free kind of threw a bunch of money at it and here's what i got you know but i was like man i wish i just saved some money got a bigger tank that i you know a six eight footer that i originally wanted to start with so now i'm at the point where it's just like um like you and i were talking earlier there's just reef stuff everywhere you know what i mean like it's in my little living room i got my water making 255 gallon barrels in my kitchen with the rodi unit i got two shelves and cup you know like cubby things like jammed the garage is filled with stuff i'm like mother of god I'm like, <laughs> and, it's I, and it's nice to look at and it and it's cool and everything but i'm like oh i really want a bigger tank <laughs> you know and i'm at like year like uh, or, or like month 13 on this system, you know, and like, uh, so let's, uh, you, so you shot a little video for us of this, uh, system. So you've, you've, um, you've morphed from that first tank, which you washed out with ivory, uh, dish soap and Annie Jefferson is laughing at you for, for doing that. But you've, uh, you've graduated to this current system. I'm going to start running the, um, sure. the, uh, the video and, um, you recently had a, a tank crash, right? That you're coming back from. So this is kind of had to be rebooted. Yeah. So tell us about uh, the system and what happened. Terrible, uh, terrible newbie mistake, so to speak, even after this many years, like, uh, I've always kept type, some type of logbook of like any type of changes or like additives, X, Y, Z, what I've done. And now this system was like finally up and running where everything was growing good. Right. And I just got complacent. Like my PHL probe was, you know, uh, it was telling me one thing, my refractometer was telling me another and like, I didn't want to take the time to float, you know, with this injury again, you know, I'm not blaming it on the, on the injury, but like, you have a back injury things. Yeah. I have a, I have a spinal injury right now. So, you know, yay me, but, uh, <laughs> could be worse. So like I got complacent. I remember telling my buddy like, Oh, everything's starting to grow. Like, like I had, you know, probably 30, 40, maybe 50, like, real high-end SPS in there, you know, thankfully, I'm in a club, I got good friends, you know, and I'm not paying top retail dollar, you know, so, I mean, it still sucks, like, yeah, I burned a bunch of money, mm -hmm. but uh, it's not as bad as if I bought everything retail, yeah. you know, and um, so my salinity was off a little, and I put a cup of salt in my sump, which I've done in the past, and <laughs> gradually it'll raise up to, you know, specific gravity of where I want to keep it, and uh, this time around, it I didn't put it like in the fuge. Now I have a fuge and I didn't really run Cato or anything like that. So I put the cup in where the skimmer was in the output of the skimmer. You know, the water was bouncing off of uh, the wall of the sump and it went directly in this cup. So it spiked my specific gravity probably from like 1.024 to like 1.035 in like a matter mm. of an hour. And not really again, you know, like not really paying attention. Like I was kind of out of it, you know, like mentally. I was just like, oh, I got nothing to do with this tank, like other than just watch stuff grow, you know, feed the fish, da da da. And um, yeah, it's a it, it definitely a learning lesson, you know. Like, uh, you know, it, ha like, it happens always, to the best of us, man. It happens to the best of us. You know, you 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 always hear the the keep it simple, stupid, you know, and like 
literally like that's the most sound advice in any avenue of life. Don't even reef keep it. Like keep things simple. Like things will go the way they go. You know what I mean? And like with this system here, I was like, all right, you know, like I never had a controller. I was like, I'm getting a controller. I'm getting this for, you know, automatic testing. I'm going to do auto water changes, you know, all this stuff. I'm going to throw whatever money I can at it. And I know like throwing money at things doesn't equate to yeah. success, but it definitely helps out. I think a little bit, but then again, increases the, the odds. Back in increases the, day. the odds. I think. Yeah. But I remember back in the day, like all the DIY stuff, you know, and like going to Home Depot and buy a reflector light and, you know, like uh, a, a 6,500 Kelvin bulb, you know. Now I get these fancy fuge lights that are pink and they grow the same amount yeah. of Kato as, <laughs> as a Home Depot light bulb, right? <laughs> as the Home Depot light bulb <laughs> did. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely try to take things slow. Like, uh, you know, I have the opportunity, I think. I think my water's okay, but I don't really know. You know what I mean? I, I, I've been running uh, Brightwell Pure through there, trying to take out whatever case I have any. Because I have some elevated levels of, of stuff, like I do uh, the ATI test kits. I, uh, I've been running that, uh, the Moonshiners pro Reef Moonshiners program since April, and like literally everything was starting to flourish. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I pulled this bonehead <laughs> error of like not keeping things simple, you know, and like try to overcomplicate things and, you know, XYZ and, uh, my town's like source water is t terrible. Like I think I have to upgrade, you know, add some more, uh, I don't know, cash in, cash in or resin or something uh -huh. like that. There's like a lot of silica in the water. There's a lot of chloramines, you know, I, I mean, like I have a seven stage system and there's still stuff showing oh, up. Oh, really? Seven box, stage so. and you're still getting impurities <sighs> in the tank. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I got to make some changes here. So I'm going uh, to run pure it for probably like another week or two. I'll, you know, send out another test sample and, um, and see what happens you know what i mean like uh i've already reached out to my acro plug you know and, and I, I was like oh a couple of weeks like i'm back in action and i'm already planning out like a list and like how much money i'm gonna spend and th this and that and then i'm like well i should probably take it a little slower <laughs> this time around you know? but, uh, well yeah it's cool it's definitely a learning experience so folks uh, just want to remind you if you have any questions uh for paul or myself then uh please put them in the chat don't forget to hit that like button so more people can uh, find it. Usually, Paul, you're the guy that's uh, that's that's uh, nudging people to do that in terms of the uh, like in the stream. But uh, yeah, um, so where where are you at now in terms of um, you know this this tank? I mean, you, you talked about um, you know wanting to upgrade, but you're going to just kind of stick it out with this system for a while and try to get it yeah. stabilized, and then at that point, think about maybe getting a bigger tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, it, it's weird because you know I, I got a quote for a for a tank. Uh, you know, you're, tank you're, you're 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 gone already, man. When you start going for well, quotes, the, then you're already like <laughs> you're there. You're getting a bigger tank. Know, that's 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 yeah. a given. I don't have I don't have fifty cents to my name, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, how much money can I? You know, like obviously, like with with the pandemic and uh you know shortages and prices of everything going through the roof you know like gas is gas is yeah. you know crazy down here everywhere but uh i got a quote from miracles for a 84 by 36 by 28 peninsula Ooh, that's tank. a big it was, tank it, man it, it was like seven grand which you know it's not terrible and then but that was like pre my injury and then i got hurt <laughs> and then i was like oh what am i gonna do now you know that's out the window and then uh but i you know there's a guy in the club's gonna innovate a marine 200 and it's it's six by I think it's thirty deep, twenty high. So I mean that's like it, you know I can 
I don't know. They don't ship till the end of the June. You know, it's like five grand, whatever. I looked it up today, and I'm like, I don't know if I, you know, do I want to come out of pocket with five thousand dollars? It's kind of, you know, I could find many more things to spend money on, hmm. but I don't know. I sit in front. I sit in front of the tank. You know, it, it's four by two by twenty. It's a hundred gallon cad lights, <clears throat> and then I have a four by two by sixteen frag tank, and I'm like, you know, I get some bigger tangs in there, not huge, not overly huge. You know, four or five inches, and I watch them swim. Right to left, left to right. And I'm like, man, they could swim a little bit longer <laughs> if I got a longer tank. And, uh, you know, just the aesthetics, everything, you know, would be nice and new and clean, da, da, da. But I don't know if I really, I don't know. I'm definitely going to get this tank stable and, you know, like to where I yeah. want it. Maybe I'll shift it into my kitchen, get rid of the frag tank and just get a six or eight footer and uh, go for Yeah, that, you know, hopefully. you can kind of position it as you're, 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 you're simplifying things, right? You know, you're going from two tanks yeah. to one bigger tank. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's all about what, uh, you know, in, in terms of the enjoyment, the satisfaction you get out of the hobby and, and um, you know, down the line, it's always um, possible to upgrade but it's that's kind of like the cool thing with the hobby, right, man? It's always like you know, there's yeah. always a dream tank out there that um, you know, not a lot of us have the uh, the current dream tank sitting in the uh, living room or the basement or, wh or what have you. So it's um, right. it's nice to to be able to kind of think about that sort of thing, and and uh, you know, it also it's a pain in the ass to move a tank. So if like you're you're not sure if you're going to be you know living in one one spot for a you know extended period of time, then that kind of factors into this situation. It did for me. You know, when I had uh, when I sure. used to live in Connecticut, I um, I kind of knew that I was going to be moving on, and it's not easy breaking breaking down a 225 gallon tank, let alone uh, you know 100 gallon tank or 80 gallon tank. So yeah, you know those are things you got to think yeah. about. Yeah, the, this tank here, I you know a friend of mine, he uh, you know he he upgrade he had this tank for I think three or four years. And he upgraded to an eight footer, and uh, he's like, you you want to come get it, and you know with the back and. Being the guy that I think I am, and I'm still, you know, strong and X Y Z, you know, all that macho wisdom stuff, and uh, you know, he's he's a big kid, bodybuilder, whatever. And he's like, yeah, come by. So you know, it was me, my dad went down there. You know, my elderly father. We drove to his house, put the straps, like the furniture straps, like over your shoulders, and it goes under like the appliance. And I got like, no lie, like five or six feet, and like I had tears in my eyes, like that's how bad my back yeah. hurt. And like I had to watch my 75 year old father carry this yeah. tank with my buddy. And then it sat in the garage for probably two or three weeks. And another, you know, like I was saying, the, the, the guy that the friendships that I've made along the way in the hobby, guy that I met back in like 0405, that, you know, I consider one of my closest friends now, he came by after work and like, <laughs> manhandled the thing, put it on a furniture dolly, wheeled it around the house in the grass, <laughs> and, you know, him and my father put it on the thing, and I was like, all right, cool, I can start the plumbing yeah. now, you know, and uh, so I don't know. I mean, if I get a, you know, a, a five, six hundred, seven hundred gallon tank, you know, like I'll have to hire somebody or, you know, tell these yeah, guys got, in the you, club, get some suction cups yeah, and you, some beers. Come you got on the by, club, you know? man. You got the club. The club members can help you out. Corey Page, thank you so much for that, uh, for that super chat. Really appreciate it. Um, Louis Williams is asking, how long does it really take to get a tank stable? One year question mark. I think that kind of all depends. Uh, you know, it could be a matter of a couple of months, just depending on, in terms of the system. I, I think each tank is, is unique, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I agree to that. Uh, depends on where you start with too, you know, like, uh, dry rock. I, I know a lot of people have good experiences with dry rock. Uh, this system here, like, thankfully I had some like 
older, you know, 10 plus year older, like Fiji rock from a, you know, another system. And then, uh, I added some, uh, you know, Marco shelf rock and, you know, that type of stuff. And the, the only, the only rocks that had massive amounts of algae were like the mined rock, but you know, over time it, uh, cleared up and stuff. Yeah, I I can, uh, I can certainly relate to that experience, but, um, I'm, I'm, Given, I'm giving Dry Rock another uh, go, so we'll see how that uh, turns out. But I think it's going to turn out much better this time for me versus the last time because I think the last time I was um, not terribly in the know. Um, all right, Paul. So Boston Reefer Society. We uh, I mentioned that you're the uh, you're the president. You got a you got a bunch of your peeps, I think, in the uh, in the live stream chat. And yep. um, so let's let's talk about that. You. Um, <clears throat> You you've been a member since I think what two thousand and four. What's the um what's the history of the club? What um, um yeah, so I spoke with so I spoke with somebody today, his name's Joe Scavo. He's like one of the originals, one of the founders. And uh, you know, he's got a great knowledge and you know, all that good stuff. So I kind of pieced together something, so I'll just read a little you know, like a little script that I wrote up so uh it started with, you know, a couple of guys. So one of the original founders in the George Washington of Boston Reef Society, <laughs> Mo Kirby, in 2001 ran a mailing list on Reefs.org that would allow hobbyists to meet up, swap corals, and share knowledge at various locations, including the Rainforest Cafe in Burlington, Mass., until they were asked to leave due to spilled water and the amounts of people <laughs> that would gather by their boots. And then on May 4, 2001, Greg Hill, of most of which y'all know, you know, he's been on your show a couple of times. Uh, he offered up his home for a get together, and ten people have signed up. Uh, they were treated to, you know, delicious meal provided by Greg's wife, and they took home a coral frag all while while learning the art and science of propagation. That's a nice dinner, man. Take home a coral. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, at that time, uh, Mo met. Jake Mackey, Jim Wynn, and Joe Scavel for the first time. So things were looking good, you know, up for the crew. And more and more hobbyists started coming out. Mo had a contact at the New England Aquarium, and they offered up a meeting space. And uh, they were asked, like, estimated, like, how many people do you think are going to show up? So they told them 20 because it was still, like, we're very tight-knit grassroots. And uh, to everyone's surprise, more than 70 people wow. showed up at that meeting, you know. And, uh you know, at that time, they knew something was brewing. They changed the name from Boston Reef Club to Boston Reef Society Incorporated. Uh, they filed a paperwork for various licensing and nonprofit status. You know, it's all about mainly what this this club is all about is uh, about educating the public about, you know, marine life and, you know, uh, coral restoration, education, you know, that type of stuff. And uh, that's where you know, we're trying to push the club back to its original roots because that's where the most information was shared, you know what I mean? Like, um, like anything that the advent of social media and, and that type of stuff, like, you know, like I have conversations with guys, you know, whether they are interested in becoming sponsors or, you know, just information. And there's just so much information out there and there's so much information that's wrong. Yeah. Like it's cool to be part of a club, like a local club and like finding that mentor and like, you know, jump in his, you know, jump in his back pocket, go along, you know, like ride the coattails. Like if he's telling, if somebody told me if I, you know, do a cartwheel down the street 10 times, like I'm going to grow like epic SPS, I'm damn well going to do 10 cartwheels down the street, <laughs> you know, but, uh, 
So, yeah, so, like, you know, going back to that after, you know, the amount of people showed up, they filed this paperwork. Uh, Joe Scavo and this other gentleman, Jim Foster, contracted a web host and published the first web page for the group. You know, it was certainly a hit, allowed a central clearinghouse and information to be shared among anyone that became a member or visited the website. The summer of 2002, BRS held its first elections. Mo became the president. Joe Scavo became the vice president. Jim Wynn, the treasurer. Jim Foster, VP of Public Relations. And Steve Shannon, the secretary. So in 2003, Joe and Mo went to MACNA 15. I believe it was in Indiana. Don't uh, quote me on that one. I skimmed through 100 things leading <laughs> up to this. And uh, to set up a booth and let know, you know, let people know that Boston Reefers would be hosting MACNA 16 in Boston in 04. That was my actual first reefing experience, being exposed to like the industry side mm -hmm. of things. And uh, definitely an unforgettable one, as I'm still here 18 years later. So, so there's, man, uh, there's a lot of history. I was going to say, when there's a lot of history, yep. and that's like the super condensed version. But, uh, you know, on our website, you know, it's www.bostonreefers.org. There's uh, at one, like we had a newsletter. I don't want to say we because I wasn't, you know, I was just a member. I wasn't anybody, you know, not that I'm anybody now. I'm just another bozo on the bus. And, uh, <laughs> But there's, there's a lot of information out there, you know, the intricacies of like how to run a club and, you know, guys were involved with, you know, one guy was uh, in charge, um, was a consultant for Masna, and, you know, there was somebody else was running Masna, uh, and so like Masna's start way back in the beginning, all tied in with guys from Boss Reefers. Like there's a lot of history to it. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of cool stories and, you know, like get togethers. And it, it was cool, like this past weekend, we went on a frag farmer's market in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, I went with uh, Joe Scavo, you know, he came, picked me up. We loaded up the truck, we had a bunch of merch and, you know, different stuff. And and uh, I remember, so, you know, again, ADD, like I remember being at that Machner in 04 and like, you know, reading books from like Mike Paletta and Sanjay or, you know, like uh, Julian Sprung and seeing these different guys. And I remember seeing like David Saxby like walking by me with like Mark Levinson and be like, oh, my, like starstruck, <laughs> like, oh my God, like that guy's famous. You know what I mean? He's just another guy, you know, just interested in, in the same things. And uh, that was kind of like the, the same feeling that I got with Joe. Like Joe's been around for a long time. And uh, when everything was in its infancy and like creating this industry, like Joe was there and these other guys, Mo and, and Jim and whatnot, they were all there. And uh, Joe's like, do you know who this guy? You know, I you know met the guy from ESV. I met the guy from Manhattan Reefs. I met, you know, some other guys. It's a great, it's a great networking. Like, it's a cool. great networking yeah, opportunity. It's, it's those events, unbelievable. You know, and and, and there's so many people from so many diverse like backgrounds. Like you could, you know, character assassinate and look at this person and be like, oh, what do they know? You know, <laughs> and like that person might teach you a lot of things about. Not even reef keeping, you know, just life in general, you know. So there's there's a it's a it's a it's a good time. It's a it's a it's a good space to be involved in. I I think anyway. So now as president, what's uh what's your role and uh, responsibility there as president? You got uh, you got a lot of balls up in the air there, Paul. Uh yeah, I like to think I cracked the whip, but I'm you know I'm easy going, happy go lucky, and you know, I like to joke and smoke, so to say, and. Uh, um, I don't know. It's definitely a lot of work. It's, it's a thankless job. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I mean, you put this show on, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't see. Um, I'm grateful to have the opportunity. Like I truly am. Like it gives me a bit of a purpose in this time of my life with this injury and whatnot. And, uh, 
I mean, I enjoy it like uh, probably 40, 50 times a day. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm done with the politics side. And, you know, because it's it's like an actual organization as well instead of just a club. Like, yeah, it's a club through and through, but it's an actual like registered business about promoting education, you know, and, and that type of stuff. So I don't, I don't know if you can tell you know, the, the way I talk, like I grew up working construction, you know, a lot of words come out that probably shouldn't come out that afterwards. I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But you're honest. I, your I, honesty I, is refreshing, dude. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I try to keep, you know, mind my P's and Q's, but I mean, like sometimes I'll just get so frustrated over certain situations and I'm sure that's the same in any, you know, any Avenue, whether it's a reef club or a motorcycle club or, or whatnot. You know I mean, what listen, I mean? Like, it, it's frustrating at it's, times. You know, like you said, it's a nonprofit organization. You've got a, a job that, um, you know, I don't know if you're getting compensation or you're doing it for free or what have you, but, you know, you're probably not um, putting in the amount of time in terms of, you know, getting the um, the uh, the returns on that investment of time. But I think that um, it's, uh, I, I, uh, I admire, you know, guys like you, that, um, you know, because you could tell you really love the hobby, just, you know, in our brief conversation right here, you could tell you have a passion for the hobby and, and obviously, um, you know, you're, you're able to, um, leverage that passion as a, uh, as a president of the club and, and it can't be an easy job. And I don't, um, I don't envy you in that regard. I mean, I, we have a, uh, we have a private road association that I live on in Vermont, you know, it's a dirt road. <clears throat> We're not on one of the, uh, the town roads. So we basically have to um, maintain the roads ourselves in terms of plowing and grading the road and all that stuff. Well, I'm the, uh, the president of the association. It's a non-paying job <laughs> and it's a thankless job, you know, because I'm basically yeah. the bill collector. So, sure, you know, sure. same, same here, same here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I, like I was saying, I'm, uh, I'm happy go lucky for the most part. Like I like to joke and smoke and, it's hard for me to like delegate, you know, like thank, thank God, like I have a great crew, you know what I mean? Like we have a board of directors. There's nine of us. There's president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, uh, four board of directors and vice president of public relations. You know, like thankfully everybody does their part. Like it's finally gotten to a point like within this last year that it really clicks. Like th there's a good number of us that have been, you know, have served in office, so to speak in the last like, you know, a couple of years and like, it's really like that balls finally got that momentum to where like everything just meshes, you know, and it's, and it's not so much like I have to be like, Oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Like we all just kind of see what needs to be done and do it. You that's know what awesome. I mean? Like, thank God, thank God for that. You know, cause I'm definitely not the one that's like, Oh, Hey, look at me. I'm the president. Like I need you to do this. And if you don't like it, you know, tough crap and friggin', you know, fly a yeah. kite, you know, type of deal. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like everyone's good. You know, I get calls, you know, at least weekly, mostly, most, you know, every couple of days. Hey, just checking in. Do you have anything that I can help? Oh, that's cool. Load? And like, thank God yeah, for no, that. That's cool. Know? So Andy Jefferson is saying the club meetings are fun. What, uh, what are the club meetings been like? I mean, obviously COVID has probably changed a yeah. lot of things, but perhaps you guys are uh, going to eventually get back to the way they, things were. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, logistically and, you know, stuff like that. Now, you know, with the whole COVID thing, like, Obviously, things are opening back up. We we threw like an impromptu, like last minute frag show last September, and it was good turnout. You know, there was a, a, a 
you know, I don't know what there was for attendance, but it was a good turnout. You know, it was like last minute type of deal, but we wanted to kind of give back. But so like meeting wise, at least how it was like years ago, like when I was just Joe Schmo showing up with two little kids and hopefully, you know, maybe going to frag <laughs> or something. Uh, you know, they did, did, you know, the club would fly in, you know, a speaker like I've seen Mark Levinson talk. I've seen Joey Aiello talk from Long Island Aquarian. I've seen, uh, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I can't tell you offhand. Uh, you guys number, had some, sounds like number, some name num speakers. Number yeah. of people. Yeah. They'll fly them in, you know, put them up in a, in a hotel, you know, like, uh, you know, pay them to come in and, and, and give some type of uh, presentation. And it's, and it's always been like after that, like maybe go to like a seafood restaurant restaurant or something. There'd be 50, 75 members hanging out, you know, like having dinner together, you know, like breaking bread. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's more of a family than a club. That's awesome. And like man. I can, you know, yeah, That's it's awesome. great. It's absolutely great. You do have your occasional, you know, pains in there, you know, behind. There's like, always uh, a few, right? You know, myself included, <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just another bozo on the bus. I'm no better. I'm, I'm no worse. You know, maybe I am. Who, who knows? You know, but, uh, yeah, we, we're trying to get back, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, with the, uh, yeah, Corey, Paul, you're still a Joe Schmo. Absolutely. <laughs> Corey's great, man. He's uh, he's a great guy. All these guys and girls, you know, it's, uh, well, you know, relationships I never thought I'd form. Yeah. No, I listen, I, I'm, I live in Vermont and I'm part of the club. And uh, one of these days I got to, I got to make sure. it to a, uh, an in-person uh, meeting when you guys start getting that, uh, that show going again. Yeah, we're we're trying to put together, you know, logistically, we're trying to put together a, uh, you know, like a like a family day, like a barbecue outdoor thing or whatever. Maybe have you know frag swapping. You know, members are always always uh, allowed to trade and sell frags like at meetings. Um, sometimes we'll bring in vendors, and you know, they'll they can set up a frag tank or whatnot. And uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. We get a lot of things in the pipe. You know, like uh, it should be a great year. Next year should be even better. You know what I mean? Like projecting forward, you know, I mean, anything could happen, you know, in that time frame, like I could get hit by a bus tomorrow or, you know, the whole world's wipes out, <laughs> who knows, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of good things in store, you know, like we, uh, you know, we, during the COVID time, um, uh, you know, we bought a zoom license and, uh, you know, we, thankfully we had you on the show and a couple other people on the show in the industry and, you know, that, that's cool. Um, you know, we might still continue to do that for like the next, you know, maybe March, but we're, we're hoping to shoot for like an actual in-person in April, some type of get together again, logistically speaking, if, if everything works out. Now um, are, are the majority of your members in the Boston um, city area or is it um, kind of spread out to um, beyond prob Boston? Yeah, it's definitely spread out beyond Boston. Um, when I first got involved, I was, I mean, seven miles south of Boston, you know, I grew up in Quincy, Mass. And uh, and there was a good, you know, maybe 10 guys in that area. And then there was like pockets, you know, like, out, you know, suburbs of Boston, 10 guys here, five guys here, three girls there, whatever. But, uh, you know, as as like running the website and like being able to see everyone's information and, you know, people joining and, you know, whatever, having to be vetted and that type of stuff, because. You know, we definitely don't put up any, with any nonsense. That's that's one thing I won't put up. Name calling, you know, like calling people and all, you know, just unnecessary BS, yeah. you know, that. I mean, why? Like, yeah, it's it's funny if you're 15 in your mother's basement, <laughs> but when you're 35 and you're arguing with someone on a, on a fish farm, like, come on, what's really going yeah. on, you know? And, uh, 
but there's there's a lot of people in New Hampshire. There's a good number in southern Maine. Um, probably from like Worcester, like Worcester, Mass, middle of the state, out towards, you know, Boston, the city, down to the Cape, Rhode Island, Connecticut. We got some, you know, past members that were from here that live in California and stuff and still chime in on the boards. And so, I mean, I don't want to say it's nationwide, but it's definitely like the New England region, you know, it's. uh, So have have you seen membership, um, you know, kind of uh, grown as it as it fallen off a little bit? Has it uh, kind of just been stable? What what have you guys seen over the past few years? Yep. So in 2018, you know, again, I got hurt, got this injury. I needed something to do. And uh I reached out to the current president at that particular time and I was like, hey, listen, like if you need somebody to, you know, here's my background. Like I have a degree in computer networking, which means absolutely nothing because it's been like 10 years since I've done any type of IT work. And I'm like, oh, I can probably help out on the mm-hmm. website, you know, this and that. And, uh, you know, they voted me in, which is good. You know, like I, I, I'm agreeing to that. And then uh, just from the people and the relationships that I've made over the years, I was like, all right, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do that. You know, just throwing out suggestions and, uh, you know, nothing against him or, or that particular crew. And he, and he was like, well, I'm going to nominate you for president. And I didn't really want the role because I know it's an extra step and it's, a, you know, a lot more work involved. And, you know, like I said, it's it, it's thankless at times. And, you know, it's, it's it's all we're all volunteers, you know, like that's another thing like people don't understand. Like we all volunteer our time to help make this club what it is and to see it succeed, you know? And, uh, sometimes, I mean, I'm doing 25, 30 hours worth of work on, on, on the back end of a server and like trying to come up with different things and implement them. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, you know? So it's like, you know, when things don't go the way they, they should go in my mind, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. You know, F this, <laughs> F that, da, 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 whatever. Like I'm selling everything. Like I'm just going to, you know, not even be in the hobby anymore. Like I don't even want an aquarium, you know, and, and you then, run, you know, run the, the gambit later, right? of emotions there. I got all the highs and all the lows. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. um, what, what's the sales pitch? Let's say if, uh, somebody, you know, you, you kind of run into somebody at a show or something or, uh, you know, an industry event, or you just kind of, somebody reaches out to you about the club and what, what's kind of like the, uh, the pitch to somebody that's kind of on the fence about joining a club. What are the benefits to joining a, uh, a reef club for those that are not familiar with those benefits? Yeah. So for me personally, um, the benefits is, you know, that close knit, like family relationship, a sense of belonging, some, somewhere that, you have an outlet to go to, you know, once a month, whether it's, you know, again, the Zoom meeting thing's tough, but in-person events, like I always look forward to like, oh, great. There's a, there's like people like myself, like-minded people. And again, like diverse people, you could have a lawyer, a doctor, or an astronaut, you know, a guy that sweeps the street, whatever. Like we're all there for a common reason, you know, and uh, like, I enjoy that aspect is there's, there's great knowledge, you know, we're, you know, I don't want to speak as we, but you know, the club's been around, this is our 20th year. There's some like heavy hitters in the industry, you know, like it's cool with the Facebook groups. Like we have a Facebook group, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, like all that stuff. Like you got to expand your horizons, but there's so much information. Like I've had this conversation with people of, and they're like, oh, it's just easier for me to go on a, on a Facebook group. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But you're going to have a, a real conversation in a forum. You're going to meet real people in a forum. There's unlimited resources like uh you know we used you know again back in the day we had like a massive library of of books and videos and you know uh scientific articles and like everything that was available for you like you could check out like a library card you know keep it for a month and bring it back and xyz uh 
at some point, you know, that that stopped, you know, uh, it, it, I mean, it's a lot. You'd see the guy come in with a pickup truck full of books, you know, and movies <laughs> and that type of stuff. But we have a lot of, we have a lot of, I mean, there's a, a lot of good knowledge, you know, the, the camaraderie, the sense of belonging, you know, we just during COVID, we just purchased, uh, three Apogee MQ 510, you know, uh, power meters, you know, we offer lending of power meters. We have, uh, fish traps. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, a, a slew of equipment that's readily available. Like I know BRS did it a while ago where you could, you know, like pay with your credit card. They'd put a hold, I forget what it was, 500 bucks yeah. or something. The cost you break the it, then you pay. And you yeah. could, yeah, you break it and you pay, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Somebody say somebody somebody breaks one of these palm eaters, I'm probably gonna break something over the head when I see them in person. <laughs> Not really, but you know, that's that's just like how my mind could goes be a bit of a bummer. Like, yeah, so I mean we got we got you know, we got a bunch of equipment, you know, suction cup things, you know, that's like, huge a, a, in terms of suction cups for tank moves because um, you know, yeah. me being out here in Vermont, I am not close to um, you know, any any of you folks in the uh, greater Boston area, but uh, there's there's not too many reef keepers out here and I've moved and had several tanks moved here, and I've had to hire movers to do that. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's a big benefit, I think, in terms of just a tank move. Yeah, we have, yeah, we definitely have a lot of equipment. Just just the general knowledge. There's so many guys and girls that have like been from the start, like even previous to like getting you know incorporating the club. There's there's so much knowledge around, and ninety nine percent of them will take two or three hours out of their day like hey why don't you come by check out my tank let me you know let me explain this you know obviously this is all pre-covid but uh i don't know i mean uh, i mean listen reef keepers like to um you know i think share the knowledge and and show off their systems and, and be show-offs i mean i'm sure. a, a show-off but uh, you mentioned um camaraderie in terms of a club being part of a club yeah I, when i when i used to um when i was in connecticut you know i had a 225 gallon tank and um so, some guys from the um, what was the name of the club? I can't remember the name of the club. I'm not even sure the club is still around, but I think the club was based in Queens, New York, and so they rented a party bus, and they took a road yeah. trip from from Queens to Connecticut, which was maybe like uh, I don't know an hour or something like that, an hour and fifteen minute drive, and they uh, they they sure. came in this party bus and they uh, pulled up my driveway and came into the house and and. You know, there was probably like 20 guys that showed up and we just kind of talked reef for a couple of hours and I showed them around and, and you know, there were some frags going back and forth and it was just a lot of fun, man. It's just like, it's great experience yeah. to be part of a club and to go on, on these like little road trips and and uh, do tank tours. I mean, have you guys done a lot of, uh, probably not a lot of tank tours lately, but I'm those are very educational, <laughs> right? Yeah, not, nothing lately, like originally when I got involved bet or I found out about the club, you know, like I said, I had a significant other and two kids in diapers. So there wasn't a lot of what I was doing. Like I remember dragging them to like monthly meetings and, you know, my kids are playing with someone else's kids, you know, like just w while I'm trying to like learn and get an education and that type of stuff. Um, I know in years past, like they'd rent a shuttle bus and they'd, they'd take a ride, you know, hit all the stores in Rhode Island, all this, you know, go down like uh, 84 or 95 into 84 or whatever. And then, you know, make it a day and, you know, they'd uh, hit all the stores in, in Connecticut and Rhode Island, maybe even going to Long Island. We used to do a, uh, a fish collecting trip. I think that was part of uh, Lyra, you know, Long Island Reef Association. And, and like, it was their thing with like Joe I I O L 
I think that's how you pronounce his name. And uh, it's like a tongue twister, Sally Sell, <laughs> seashells, seashells. I can't even say it. But, uh, you know, there was always something going on with, like, area organizations and clubs and aquariums, whether it was, you know, fish collecting or, you know, uh, a, a road trip to a particular store. And, you know, maybe it was five stores that day and it would end, you know, with a barbecue at the last place or, or something like that. Um, there's always been, like, members, you know, like you were saying, there was, there was always members that would be like, hey, I'm going to host, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs and, you know, bring your own booze or whatever, you know, beers, whatever, whatever you're into, you know, like you bring that type of stuff, like yeah. I'll provide the food, like we can have an impromptu, you know, informal get together. Like I've spent many, uh, you know, nights or, or weekends at like various people's houses and just like awestruck, like how'd you grow this, co you know, yeah. this colony this big, you know, and like someday I'm going to get there, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of and, fun. And it also you know? comes in handy if you have like a tank emergency to have people that can kind of just, uh, you know, swing yeah. by and help you out in, in a time of need. Yeah. You know, that um, that again is something that I don't really have here being uh, sort of in, in, in the uh, the boondocks in, in, in Vermont. But yeah, if you get into a situation where you need, you know, tank, a little tank leak or you got a pump that failed and you need another pump and you just can't, uh, you know, overnight one the following day you got a fellow reef keeper that could help you out man that's gold yeah that's definitely definitely a plus benefit as well um i mean i've i i, I know personally speaking i've i've come into countless you know issues and there's always there's always one or two people that are willing to go out of their way to help you out you know whether you know they have to take something you know off off another system that's maybe not fully at capacity, you know, whether, you know, it's a pump or skimmer, you know, some type of additive X, Y, Z. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, like I'm thankful forever. Thankful. You know, like I, I'm part of this club and, and uh, I've got some like real lifelong friendships out of the deal, you know, and, and it's cool because I don't know, like the whole like character assassination thing, you know, I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't talk about it, but like me grow me growing up as a kid in the city, like, you know, guys are guys, guys don't have feelings, guys don't have emotions, you know, like if you're in a computers, you're a dork, you're a nerd, like all this stuff. Like I remember going to like one of my first meetings and, you know, and again, like I'm just another bows on the bus, you know, but at that time, like the way my mentality was like growing up in like that environment in the city. Like, I remember, like, I'd never talked, I, I used to say to myself, I'd never talked to these people outside of a reef club. And, like, these people are, like, my best friends, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just like them, you know? Like, and it just comes down to, you know, a crappy way of thinking, more or less, you know? But, I mean, uh, listen, I think the relationship building part of being part of a club is huge. I really do. I think that... Yeah. Um, um, you know, obviously with, um, with COVID and, uh, the fact that we haven't been able to kind of get together as hobbyists and, and, and have those situations where you go to a conference and do some networking like we we're talking about before. But, um, I do think that the, um, the human component is a big part of reef keeping just, just to kind of like, um, you know, have those conversations with other like-minded individuals. I mean, I learned something new. It seems like every day. You know, and I've been doing this for a long, long time. But, you know, hey, listen, I think also a key to success is not being locked into, you know, the way you're used to doing things. Right. I mean, if you've got right. a tank that's on cruise control or things are going well, you've got a great methodology. All right. Um, continue on as you will. Right. But if, um, 
you know, if, if things are like maybe not exactly where you want them to be. And, and, you know, probably a lot of us are always thinking that like, geez, the tank could always be a little bit better, but, you know, be open to other different points of view. And I think with a, uh, with a reef club and having those, um, different perspective perspectives is, uh, is so valuable in my, uh, in my eyes, you know? So, um, but <laughs> what, uh, we, we got a lot going on in the chat there, right? These guys are funny. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Scavo, he's he, from from day one that I met this kid, been busting my balls that you know because he's from the next town over, like over the bridge. It was General Dynamics ship. You guys having a little turf wars going on here? Is that what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he's always like Quincy's trash. You know, literally for the last twenty years, Quincy's trash. And I'm like, oh, Weymouth's. You know, we used to go to Weymouth and beat up the kids over the bridge and you know that thing. So he's commented about is Quincy even a city? And you know, haha, you know. He's a good dude. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of good people in my corner. Thank God. You what know? about the role of local fish stores with uh, with reef clubs? How do you guys uh, work with them, support them? Yep. Um, I mean, we offer sponsorship to the local clubs. Um, it benefits everybody, I believe. You know what I mean? Like, I know. You know, obviously, I'm not in advertisement, but I do have people. Who, I know in advertisement and advertisement rates and xyz and all that good stuff behind the scenes that nobody really knows about but um i mean we we all hey if you want to sponsor our club like i won't get into specifics you know like financials or whatever but if you want to sponsor our club like we'll give you your own forum where you can you know update your sock list you're getting exposure from normally people that wouldn't see it you know if like you open up a store and you don't do any advertisement, the only people that are going to know about the store is that those amount of people that you tell or the people that drive yeah. by. You know, so we're, we're, I'd like to say like uh, a, a unique club or a niche club, so to speak, there's that many more eyes, you know, get exposed. So, oh, hey, there's a new sponsor. And, it, and it's not that they're sponsoring the club. I mean, well, yeah, they are sponsoring the club, you know, but um, I don't know. It, it, it works out good. I, I, I don't think from what since I've been like behind the scenes, I haven't had anyone that's, you know, had a had a problem. Like a lot of people, you know, the, a lot of my hobbyists turned into businesses, but they're still hobbyists at heart. You know what I mean? So they they still want to have the interaction and the conversation and they still want to, you know, maybe they have to do a 300 gallon water change on this on this trough or whatever. But they'll sit there and talk to you after hours about Hey, this is how I do things or X, Y, Z. And, uh, it's, it, it seems, it seems good. Like I talk to, you know, maybe, I don't know, between like five and 10 on average, you know, whether it's different social medias via email, whatever, like, Hey, we're interested in, in, in you know, helping, helping the club, you know, and, and uh, I, I mean, it, it, it's great in the sense because, it allows the club to, you know, and again, this is pre-COVID and hopefully after COVID, it allows the club to maintain relationships with industry people, whether they're in science, you know, uh, some type of academia, whether they're Joe Schmo that owes Joe Schmo's coral shop down the street or whatever to like bring in and educate. Like our meetings are open to everyone. It's not, you have to be a member to come in. You know what I mean? Like we're all about educating the public about, you know, marine, marine and coral life and coral restoration and, and that type of stuff. So I don't know if I skate, I probably skated around that subject, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so folks, I'm going to remind you again, if you want to ask, uh, 
Paul a question, and uh, I think you've got a bunch of your uh, your uh, your folks on the uh, on the chat inside the chat here. So if, if bunch of my a cronies. bunch of your cronies on within the chat there, so uh, fire away with any uh, questions. Um, another advantage with um, I guess uh, being a club member is that you can get some discounts right from vendors whether it's a online vendor or local fish stores right aren't aren't there uh, opportunities um, for discounts or am i speaking out of turn no no uh currently there isn't really any type of thing like that um at one particular time you know there was obviously different tiers of sponsorship and um it's optional it's it's up to you know whoever the company is it's up to the company you know, a lot of like when i was younger and coming up in this in uh you know xyz fish store would offer 10 percent on livestock you know uh abc fish store or coral shop would offer 15 percent. you know it was all always up to that particular vendor or that sponsor like it's not imposed it's not saying like hey keith if you want to be a sponsor of the club you have to offer 15 percent off you right. know what i mean because i'd never personally uh, you know i'm not going to tell someone how to run their business you know what i mean and uh it's always, you know, for a good cause. Like, yeah, it it helps the club out. You know what I mean financially. Like a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff. You know, th this is again skating off that topic. ADD over here. <laughs> like, uh, I deal with a lot of people from like various uh, Facebook groups about like, oh, why should I do this? And why does it cost twenty dollars a year? It's less than five cents a day. I mean, I spend people $6 are giving you grief about twenty dollars. Spending you know, twenty dollars like, a year. Yeah, uh, it's crazy for the amount of information folks, and the folks, knowledge. Let me in the let me say, folks, for twenty dollars a year, that is money very well spent. Very well spent. Yeah, I agree. And uh, but a lot of people don't because of you know the social media aspect of the Facebook groups and that type of stuff. Like people don't understand like web hosting costs money. Server fees cost money. Uh, licensing for you know software costs money. Every change that you make to the back end costs money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like flying a speaker in from say you know California or something. I mean, yeah, flights are cheap, but you still gotta provide a meal, hotel. You gotta provide a hotel. You gotta provide an honorarium. You know what I mean? Like none of that stuff is free. It's not like Hey, can I borrow you well, know, like, you know uh, make, peanut butter jelly sandwich? I guess you, know? you could save some money if you have them bunk with one of uh, you guys, right? I mean, that's always a uh, you know, and then they get the benefits of a little home cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, Mark Mark Levinson, uh, he used to be a, a big proponent that like he was okay with you know staying at someone's house, like going to a, whoever's whoever was hosting or or someone local that was in in the scene. Going and checking out their tanks and that type of stuff. So that's always cool, you know. I and mean, that's always another aspect. Uh, but it, it just blows my mind sometimes about, um, you know, just how pe people will, you know. And again, this isn't everyone. People will complain about the most minute thing, but they'll spend a thousand dollars on a half-inch piece of SPS <laughs> that immediately smokes as soon as it hits their tank, like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Um, so. Um Joe Scavo says, shout out to our moderators, exclamation point. I was going to ask you that question. You know, is, is that <laughs> uh, part of your uh, duties? Are you uh, one of the moderators on the uh, on the forums? And and if so, how do you how do you handle that juggling act? That's got to be kind of a tough job, right? Um, when I kind of, again, you know, like I have a team of great people. I don't want to try to be like, look at me, you know, because I'm not that person. Uh, um, 
normally there's a handful of moderates. Usually it's it's a past like president or vice president or something will, you know, step down. You know, they don't they don't want that aspect of, you know, the responsibility and they'll just roll out to, you know, to become a moderator. And just, you know, keep it clean. We're a family friendly, you know, family friendly forum. And it, it, it's tough for me sometimes because, again, you know, like I grew up in the city. I worked construction for 20 years. You know, I like to say swears like my my poor father, he's 77 tomorrow. And he's like, will you stop with that swearing? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Dad, it's your princess daughter that taught me these swears. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, they, I mean, there'll be an issue, you know, like some bickering, you know, someone's point trying to beat someone's a point across. And for the most part, like it's anything goes. But when it starts getting, into, you know, like sexism racism obviously you know that type of stuff like stuff that shouldn't be yeah. happening period anyways you know in a, in a joking manner or not you know what i mean like uh like yeah well, the the main thing i notice with moderation is uh um like everyone everyone that's a paid member has access you know to a vote you know for elections there's an election every december you know for the the, ne the following year everyone has uh you know access to borrow equipment everyone uh, can sell coral equipment, whatever, you know, that type of stuff as, as hobbyists. Sell but, on the forums. So yeah, sell on the forums, have a place to sell, you know, basically, a you know, a a, a one advertiser for like-minded people, you know, and, um, and, uh, where was I going with that? You know, there, there'll always be that one person and it sucks because as the moderator, not only as the moderator, as like, one of the people are behind the scenes. I'm sure you know, you know, like the the setup that you're doing. Like you can see people's IP addresses. You can. I don't run, look you at know, that information, do, Paul. Do, oh, all right. Do, do, <laughs> neither do I. Neither do I. Duplicate account. You know, duplicate account checks and stuff like that. And like, you know, rules were created and rules were there and they're put in place for a reason. Without rules, there's chaos. I mean, it's the same thing in any any other aspect of life. So why would it be different? Like, in a club, that yes, it's a club, but it's most certainly an organization, like an educational organi organization, you know? So there'll always be like someone that's trying to skate through and they'll sell somebody broken equipment. And, and, and we've always had the stance as the club itself, like it's by your own risk. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're not buying from, from Reef Bomb and expecting some type of manufacturing warranty. You're buying from Joe Schmo that's maybe used that pump for three years and now it's been sitting in his garage for eight. You know what I mean? Like it's by your on your own risk. Like, yeah, we still deal with that. And like my end, like I want to be able to help everybody, you know, in, in some term of way. And, and there will be an issue of like, someone's a paid member. And, you know, I, I just had this encounter recently. Somebody sold somebody some pumps. And again, like that's on you yeah. guys, you know what I mean? But then that same person sold some other pumps to somebody else and, you know, it, it comes into like their sponsors of the club and da, da, da. And like, you know, like now I have to intervene and be like, too, well, like, what's up? And then I look through like their account check history or IP address and they have like seven accounts, one paid, you know, a bunch <laughs> of different ones, fake names to like boost their sales. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to go. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, it says right in the terms and rules and, you know, like the agreements that you agree you know, that you agree, I know nobody reads the fine print, you know, like how many uh, terms of service of apps on, you know, I probably have 300 apps on my phone. I haven't read one term of service. You yeah. Know? And just click. Okay, well, there's certain you know, behaviors and, uh, that you kind of know you shouldn't be doing stuff like that anyway. Yeah. And then people get upset over it. And then, you know, I'm the a-hole, but I'm okay with that. You know, like 
I've been an a-hole my whole life, I guess, you know? <laughs> well, you don't seem like an a-hole to me there, Paul, but I guess no, you got to gotta be the heavy, I guess, sometimes being the prez. So, uh, Insane Reefer, thank you so much for that super chat. Awesome conversation, by the way. Thanks, gentlemen. Um, and you had a question to before. This is actually a reef-keeping question, and uh, uh -oh. you can chime in on this one uh, too, Paul. The uh, question is, I have acros that are checking out, but many that look awesome. My salinity came down from... 1.025 to 1.024 do you think that can be the issue i do not think that could be the issue I think that's a very small drop in salinity so um i would certainly look at other uh things that are going on there in that tank in terms of uh you know alkalinity to me is always a big um thing if you got a big alkalinity swing then that could be the uh the culprit check for pests too um if you got Certain acros that are looking great and others that are not looking great, then you might have, um, you know, an acro eating flatworm, red bug issue, another kind of bug could be um, uh, pissing off some of those acros. You know, it could be a number of different things. Yeah, just make just make sure you don't do like I do and put a cup of salt <laughs> in your sump and like elevate your specific gravity <laughs> through the roof because it's uh, it's very disheartening when that happens. I've done you know? a bunch of. Boneheaded <laughs> things myself to uh, to wreak havoc on my on my tanks in the past. So you know what, everybody, we're human, right? We're human. So it's uh, this 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 crap kind of like happens. Um, just looking at some of the other uh, chat. So what else, man? What else uh, do we want to talk about here? You know, you mentioned um, <clears throat> research and conservation. Anything specific going on on that front, or you just really try to promote those efforts in general? Yeah, right now, well, as you know, as of right now, like we're just we're trying to research avenues of like you know where we could possibly donate, maybe get some type of you know speaker out of the equation. Uh, my vice president currently, you know, he's a um, I don't what he you know, title or chemist or whatever, but he, uh, genie, he has like a background in like genealogy and like yeast production or something like that from like BU. Mm -hmm. And, and he had a, uh, he had a colleague, you know, a, a classmate that, um, I wish I knew off the top of my head. She runs a coral restoration foundation out of the oh, Bahamas cool. and he's been catching up with her and we're trying to get some type of conservation effort going. And, uh, I mean, that's really what it's all about. You know, it's it, it's it, in my eyes, it, it's more about rebuilding what we have than keep, you know, like, yeah, you can't always get the same pieces that maybe you can get from a shipment. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but my understanding, like I've always been into, you know, like taking a piece and growing it out. You know I mean? Like, look at, look at the Bally Green Slimer. How many generations have been grown in like aquaculture over the last you know, 25 years, it's, I mean, yeah, it probably still grows in the ocean, but there's probably 95% of it's like been grown in someone's system, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's all about that for me is, you know, like trying to save the earth, you know, try to save the reefs. I mean, the, uh, people, people don't really, I, I don't know if people don't realize, I know like people I talk to, you know, like my family members, they don't really understand like what we're about in like, what we're trying to do as a collective, you know, like a, as like, you know, a whole group of like-minded individuals, like the reefs protect so much, the mangrove forests protect so much, like without the reefs, without the mangroves, like there's no shoreline, you know, and all those yeah. tropic areas, like that's all gone, you know, that's now part of the ocean, you know, and, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, there's so much research out there. I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's tough to, for me to, 
I don't know, like pinpoint anything. Like obviously I can talk, you know what I mean? I can usually talk a cat off a tuna boat, you know, like I'm uh, <laughs> very passionate about this, you know, like uh, as yourself and like everyone that I know that's in it, like very passionate about the hobby, um, very passionate about where as hobbyists, like it's not just about having that cool, you know, like rainbow splice or that rare piece, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I have like, yeah, I just decimated a ton of like, super high-end designer stuff you didn't have a rainbow splice in that tank did you i didn't ha i did Thank not have a rainbow God. splice but i but i had a few <laughs> seven eight hundred all the half inch frags Ooh, in there that, uh, ouch ouch that, yeah that was definitely a lesson but i don't i mean like it corals coral you know what i mean like i like i like i like sps i think sps dominated tanks look amazing but i also like torches you know i like blastos i like soft corals i had a soft coral tank in my kitchen for like five years and they were all brown, but it was amazing. It was such a, a cool ecosystem, you know? And uh, I remember back in 05, like, just to bounce back, like, I had a, a good friend of mine, not in the hobby, and I had a uh, an Oceanic 70-gallon, I think it was, like, cherry cherry oak stand or, or whatever, you know, cherry finish or something like that. And uh, I had it on the third floor. I lived in an apartment on the third floor. And, like, it, didn't it was leak, like... Didn't leak, did it? No, it, it didn't leak, thank God. I had like the water chain system, like PVC pipe from the basement where I had my RODI with a half inch, half inch or three quarter pipe run up the side of the house, yada, yada. But like I said, I'm ADD. I already forgot with it. Oh, so yeah. So my buddy came by and of all the cool stuff, I, you know, back then it was like whamming watermelons, you know, cat eyes, zoos, alien eyes, yeah. you know, like stuff like that was just starting to become named, you know, it might be like a. Tyree something or other, yeah. but everything else was all scientific names, you know? Yep. And and my buddy saw this 10 cent hermit crab walking across the sands. <laughs> and he was like, That's it, dude. I'm in. I'm in. Like, I'm going all in. And this kid spent thousands and thousands of Just because thousands. of that hermit crab got him like because of that hermit crab. And he had this amazing tank, but like he lived in a town that had, you know, the municipality, they had their own electric supply, so they very rarely lost power. And he also had uh the water was real, real clean. So I had the RO system at my house, and I was like, dude, just come whenever you want. Turn, you know, there's always 55 gallons of fresh water. Come by, and he was like, oh, that's too much work. He'd go to a sink, get the town water, and, like, everything. I've never seen a tank flourish so well with such dirty water. But no matter what he put in that tank, like, everything just grew. You know, and then something magical in the water. Yeah, it was something magical over there in Rain of Mass. If anyone's in Rain of Mass, you know what I'm talking about, you know. But, uh <laughs> So, um, Paul, where, where do you, um, where do you hope envision the club, you know, to be in the next few years? What, uh, any, anything that you're, you guys are planning on doing that, uh, might be a little different in terms of the way you're operating now? Do you have any, um, um, kind of, uh, a future wish list? I'd like to see more unity on it. Obviously, you know, less bickering, you know, like, Again, not to single anyone out or anything like that. Get rid I, of the, the Facebook group page. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough with the Facebook group page. It's tough with a lot of like the uh, I don't want to. Categorize and is, is most of the uh, the bickering because people's getting burned by other people in terms of selling? Is that pretty much like the gist of it, or is it just uh, uh, people are getting uh, very just, opinionated just about of, topics? Yeah, it's just a lot of opinionated stuff. Uh, I don't want to classify and be like, oh, millennials, Gen Z, you know that type of stuff. Like I'm forty, I'll be forty six in two months. Like. Uh, I grew up in a different time as like, you know, I have a 20 year old that respectful to a point, you know what I mean? But sometimes <laughs> I want to be like, kid, like if you ever said that when I was younger, like I would have knocked you through a wall you know, type of deal. But I, I just think a lot of people, uh, 
you know, keyboard warriors, you know, like in any, in, in, in any forum, you know, any, you know, YouTube, any, anything like that. There's always a troll. There's always someone doing it. Hiding behind you know, the keyboard. And, yeah. and it pretty much comes down to, down to like I've learned over the years in like different industries or avenues. It's usually like, uh, someone talks crap or, you know, trolls because of the way they're feeling, you know what I mean? So it, yeah, I, I don't know. It's another subject, another day. Um, I'd like to, I don't know. My my five year goal is to move down south somewhere warm. You know, I can't stand <laughs> the cold. I'm not in the snow. Like I love the snow, skiing, snowboarding when I was growing up. And then uh, you know, I got in the union and I worked outside my first winter on a boom lift a hundred feet in the air on the airport, and I was like, I hate the winter. Like I never <laughs> want to be cold again, you know. But uh I don't I don't know. I don't know in terms of my own personal growth or or whatever, but like as a part of this club, like I'd really like to see this club, Boston Reef, has turned into like the prim premier reef club again. Like I, I know with COVID, there's been a lot more, you know, like a lot more posting of the club. You know, we've got a lot more interaction. We get a lot, you know, membership's definitely grown. Um, I have some big, uh, or we have some big, like, uh, you know, named industry names, like reaching out, asking about sponsorship and, and that type of stuff. So, the words getting out there that like Boston Reef is, is becoming that club that Boston Reef is originally was, you know, for, for, for a little bit of, you know, a few year period, you know, obviously like the founders, you know, like, like anything in life, you, you do something, you get it to a point, you kind of get away from it, you know, life goes on that the, the next crew comes in and uh, you know, like we, we had one particular, like one particular guy from back in the day, like stayed on and maintained and made sure like the club didn't, you know, die or, close and uh like i'm forever great grateful for that but uh it's starting to become talked about more and more it's not just boston reef is as like oh the fish club that's on facebook or oh all those guys over at boston reef is think their crap don't stink like it's there's a lot more people like mm -hmm. i'm approached like hey you know like i saw this post about you like hey i can see you know the cool thing for me like uh it's a way for me to give back to the community of just you know dealing with whatever you know and uh I, a lot of times i'll get private message like uh, and again like that cracking the whip or, or whatever like uh i've i've had some people that like i've looked up to as like a mentor and respected like og guys and women back in the day and they're like listen like uh i appreciate the way that you run things or i appreciate the way that you handled this and like it makes me feel good it make you know like I'm like, oh, that was, you know, that was nice, you know, because because a lot of times, like, I will deal with those people like I was talking about where, like, you know, somebody's selling something or, or you know, someone's just being mean to someone. You're like, yeah, there's joking around, you know, like, grow thick skin, yada, yada, you know, but like, uh, a lot of times, like, pe people will, uh, you know, people, people will just be ignorant and, uh, you know, it's like, all right, well, if you do this, this is the result, you know, and it, and, it, and it's such like a woke world these days that it's like you can't it's it's almost like i gotta mind what i'm saying you know yeah I, no you gotta be you gotta be sensitive sense, but so here, what's, here, what's some yeah go ahead i was sorry. gonna say uh joe scavo's <laughs> got a good uh suggestion for for getting a little uh more camaraderie in the club paulie brs ski trip to mad river operate reef bums i'll definitely uh be up for that so yeah if you guys yeah. want to road trip it to uh the mad river valley Joe's a big skier, big outdoors, man. Big outdoors. Oh, yeah, man. I ski I, every day pretty much. So, uh, God love you. I remember the first time I went skiing, not downhill. I went cross-country skiing. I woke up the next day sore in place. Like my, I didn't know I had obliques when I was a little kid. 
and like my obliques were sore and you know <laughs> hip flexors and all this wild stuff but uh yeah it's uh it's a good time there's a lot of good people you know definitely a lot of good people i couldn't do it you know alone thank thankfully they're all involved involved as much as joe likes to bust my balls about being from quincy and he's from weymouth <laughs> you know what i mean like it's a good time you know we have a we have a lot of a lot of good discussions, a lot, a lot of, you know, like he, I look up to him for a lot of things. Cause like, he's one of the OGs, you know, like I had a conversation with him today, like after, you know, he came and brought me down to frag farms, you know, spent, you know, 10 hours with me that day, just talking shop. Yeah. You know, like, nah, that's that, that is invaluable. Um, Doug Murray's, uh, thank you, Paul, for being a great leader and president for Boston reefers exclamation point reef bum. You have no idea how much Paul does. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I like to I like to joke with people when I get aggravated and be like, "That's it," because you know we're not that I'm the webmaster. You know, we have one of those. I just you know happen to be in that realm as well. Like I can make changes. You know, like licensing and stuff like that for for the web server and stuff like that. It's all in my name. So I joke with these guys sometimes and be like, "I'm so sick of the crap." Like behind the scenes, like I'm just gonna create my own domain and change Boston Reefers Society to Boston Reef is like AAHS, you know, and <laughs> give it that true Boston slang, you know. Joe says, Greg Hiller likes the bumps. I love the bumps. So uh, I could show you some awesome bump runs. You guys made it yeah, up. Yeah, hey, that'd be a good time. Here, here's, I'd be like the, go ahead. I'd be like the St. Bernard with the whiskey barrel on my neck <laughs> and watching, watching you guys ski, but uh, I don't think my body could handle I've, it. I've had, I've hosted plenty of, um, you know, ski weekends from friends visiting from like Connecticut and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously uh, there's, there's some guys that just kind of like to uh, be more low profile in terms of the skiing and, and, and uh, you know, do the other stuff. So um, yeah, that's not, that's, that's certainly uh, an option. I, I tried downhill. I was probably about seventeen. Went with a bunch of my buddies. You know, my mother. My mother years ago. She was a. She was an avid skier, and uh, she showed me how to like snowplow. And my cool friends at the time, they, you know, I went out. I bought all this gear. I bought ski. Like I didn't even know if I liked it. Went to Herman Sporting Goods. I bought all the gear. They Herman took me Sporting up Goods, man, that's a blast from yeah, the past. Old school, old school. <laughs> they they took they took me up to a black diamond, and that was it. Like ruined my experience. I never skied again. You know, well, there like, you go. Uh, you know, I mean, I've I've skied and snowboarded a couple of times, but never like got into it because of that experience. Well, you know, uh, when you get healthy, there, Paul, and that back heals up, you got to try it again. Insane Reefer, thank you again for the super chat. It bear on me again. Great conversation. Here's a, here's a question for you, Paul, <clears throat> for me. Yep. Um, so you guys, the uh, Magna, right? 2014 was in Boston. Uh, two, 2004 was 2000, in Boston. 2004. Okay, what are the odds of that happening again? Because you know, all these Macnas are like out west or down south, and I uh, yeah. would love to have one in the northeast. I, I mean, myself personally, like I'm willing. You know, like I'd, you know, again, I don't know the logistics behind it. I don't know what went into it last time. I know from like looking through archives, uh, there's a lot of work behind the scenes, like a lot, a lot of work for that type of show. I'd love to see <laughs> you know Boston host Macna again. I'd like to see us involved with more you know clubs like you know we used to be involved with lira and like uh long island Connect reefers association yeah long island yeah. reefers association you know day trips and that type of stuff you know all, always there was always like the original crews or the original groups that started all started around like boston reefers you know like i was saying like joe scavo and, and, and mo were part of Massa back in the day and Massa was you know owned mac and 
XYZ and you know, there's just a huge, I mean, there's a huge laundry list of things that I'd love to see like take place and, you know, turn, you know, f fruition or whatever. And, uh, I don't even know if that's how you use that word, but it is what it is. <laughs> come to fruition. It, yeah. Come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to see like, you know, Boston Reefers be able to lead by example for other clubs coming up. Like there used to be Connecticut area Reefers association. Yeah. Uh, Are they no they longer? Kind of they kind of fell apart. Um, CTARS. So, so yeah, CTARS. Corey Page and myself. Uh, they had. I think I might have been a part of that club at one point in time. I think uh, a year ago, maybe two years ago. You know, they were somebody on on Reef to Reef was talking about like bringing it back, and we're like, hey, like we're you know a sister club next day over. Like we can. Here's my experience. You know, on the back end, da, 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 you know, I had a few lengthy email conversations. I'm like, whatever I can do to help you guys. Like get back to where you, you know, where where you want to be as a club. Like I'm willing to help out, and then that's just kind, of, you know, like whatever. People get busy. COVID happened, yada yada. And then uh, there's a guy that's a member of our club, our forum. He's now trying to revamp and take it, you know, take control and bring that club back to, you know, the 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 club that it once was. But uh, it's tough, man. You know, a lot of people, you know, life gets busy. You know, a lot of people don't want to dedicate the time you know the people that have done it see how much work it is and they're like oh i get a chance to get out of that aspect and just be a member like so be it you know and like, it, it's pretty much all volunteer work right yeah yeah 100 percent volunteer work i'd love to sit here and say i make i'm making fifty thousand dollars a year from this <laughs> but i literally as does everyone else on the board like i still pay my 20 dollars a year as a member you know what i mean like we just had a bunch of merch you know like uh made up for the show and you know help support the club and and that type of stuff and and uh we all paid for our own merch you know what i mean i got a hooded sweatshirt a, a, a new hat i got a t-shirt on i don't know if you can see it whatever you know what i mean and uh i mean that's all out of pocket you know i mean none, yeah. none of that's free it's, it's just the the thing that i like again it's going back to like they uh the sense of belonging. Like I belong something greater than myself. Cause again, it's not just a local club. Like we really care about coral conservation and educating the public of like, yeah, you can have this cool invertebrate or whatever, but no, it can't live, you know, with Morton's table salt and tap water. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's crazy. A, a good friend of mine, I, I met in college years ago. Um, you know, he got into an accident or whatever. And, and I, I was like, uh, I was like, listen, I got this tank. You know, I had, I think, five tanks running at the time. You know, how, how many tanks, how many reef keepers actually only have one tank running is the real question. What I'd Rare. like to know. Because, I mean, I've had one tank probably twice in 18 years. Only one tank, you know, and maybe it was just full of algae. You know what I mean? <laughs> or maybe it looks good, but depending on how involved I was at that particular time. But, um, you know, like, I, I was like, hey, I got a tank. Like, you know, brought it over and, and like, I... I don't like to be the person to ask for handles. Like uh, it's just not in my nature, you know? And, uh, you know, I put a post up and, and this is the whole sense of belonging in, in, uh, community. Like I, I say, Hey, listen, here's a story about my friend. Like I set him up with a tank, a couple of clownfish, you know, some invertebrates and stuff like that. Would anybody, you know, I'll never ask this from anyone, but could somebody find it in their heart, you know, maybe to donate something and literally probably like 70% of the, of, of the membership was like, yeah, let me know what you need. That's you awesome. Know, off, that's off awesome. equipment, new tanks, lights, like, you know, stuff that's costing people harder and money, you know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, I'd like to maybe branch out, um, 
I think we're going to be starting a uh, uh, like a scholarship. Um, oh, beautiful! One of the, like the original guys, you know. I mean, God rest his soul, just passed this past year. Mm. I mean, he was he was like the godfather of like saltwater keeping. Uh, if you talk to Joe Scarbo, I'm sure you'll meet him at some point. Wealth of information. You like uh, this guy, Joe Venuti. Like he was the OG of like using NSW, you know, natural seawater, and like he knew everybody. Everybody that's the who who in the industry today, like they were all tighten it. 30 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, well, that's, that's like you said, man, that's the, uh, one of the big advantages of being part of a club yeah. is that you can really, um, you know, form a lot of relationships, be, have, have tight knit relationships. And uh, it's just an educational thing. Um, Joe Scavo, thank you very much for that super chat. Really, uh, appreciate that. And I've enjoyed the, uh, the, uh, the comments in the chat. It's been very entertaining, but, um, so, dude, it's uh, it's almost eight thirty. What um, what time's my curfew? <laughs> five a.m. So five a.m. Keith, I'll talk all day. You'll talk all day. Whoa! I, I, I don't know if I have all the answers. I definitely don't have all the answers, but yeah, uh, whatever you want to do. I mean, I'm just gonna play some Gran Turismo Seven for the rest <laughs> of the night. All right, man. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up unless anybody else has uh, some questions there in the. Uh, in the chat what uh what uh, final words you want to leave us with there uh paul uh in a non-pc way keep it simple stupid <laughs> uh get a logbook. you know don't make changes too quick you know like uh it's like the old saying like construction all like carpentry measure twice cut once you know don't do don't do like me just you know in the last two months of uh you know, cotton twice and measuring once. Uh, go the nothing. Uh, nothing good happens in reef keeping fast. No, so not at patience, all. patience, patience. That's a have a reef. Have a reef tank before you have a child. <laughs> yeah, it helps with the patience. <laughs> I know. I had. I, I put together a reef tank after we had a kid, and you know, it was good and it was yeah. bad. But yeah, uh, you, you need to. Have, you know, you need to have a certain amount of time dedicated to that reef tank and i guess uh with a newborn it could be a little tough yeah it, it's it's fun it's fun with kids too uh you know just real quick like i remember you know like when i was getting first getting involved in the club and first getting involved in like the hobby you know i had a two and a half year old and a, and a newborn and i remember like sitting in traffic for hours on a saturday afternoon hitting like all the stores up on the north shore because i lived on the okay. south shore you know massachusetts and uh or like a day would go all, you know, the western part of the state, the middle of the part of the state. And, and like my, I think my daughter was three at that particular time. Like I was infatuated with zoanthids and like just how many colors you could pull out of like a zoo or a palothor or whatever. And like my daughter literally knew every variety at the time. There was probably maybe 20, 25 morphs, 30 morphs. But she knew everything like word for word, like fish for fish, like all the scientific really? names. And I'm like, where the hell is she getting this from? You know, so it was cool. <laughs> In that aspect, and now, like, you know, I have friends now, uh, you know, like uh, Mr. Scobble there, you know, like, he's one of the guys I've always looked up to. He's got a, you know, four or five-year-old daughter, and they've been to my house, and, you know, my daughter had a lizard, and, you know, they're coming to get clownfish and anemones, and, and you know, that type of stuff. And, and, and it's cool just to see the, the light, you know, like, uh, with children, because they're so fascinated by everything, you know, like seeing the fish or, you know, seeing the starfish or the hermit crab or whatever, like, uh, it, it's definitely cool to be part of like a bigger picture and being able to expose kids to that. Cause that's really what it's about is like, yeah, we all already know like what's right and what's wrong. 
to do in the world if you don't like, you know, whatever it, it, of taking care of the planet, you know, so we, we can all be here and stuff. But like starting the kids young, you know, that's really where it's at. And that's a really that good point. Like, that's a really good point. Yeah, that, that comes like another play with the, you know, like I was talking about Frog Farm is like the, the guy that runs that. He's a marine science teacher, I believe. I don't want to, you know, but, quote it incorrectly. Like he started a program to teach kids about how to take a take care of marine aquaria and stuff like that and conservation. And, and he's been become so successful at it that he's been able to help other teachers, marine science teachers or or, or whatever in other schools and uh, set up programs you know, for, for their students to learn. It'd be cool. Like I, I remember my, my daughter was, she was going to be 20 next month. She was in her senior year of high school. She had a marine biology class and the guy was like old school hippie, you know, he was into like everything creature wise and stuff. And, uh, I was telling telling her, well, she told him about, you know, like frag farms and, you know, we as a club was going down there and stuff like that. And the guy was like really interested. And I was like, man, I wish she wasn't a senior in high school where I could, you know, possibly reach out to companies or whatever, get some stuff donated and get some mm. type of tank set up in that room. And now my my youngest daughter is a senior and, you know, she has the same class, but she's not really into yeah. it the same way. But who knows, maybe I'll, uh, you know, even if it has nothing to do with my kids, I'll still try to get involved and set something up at the local high school. And, you know, you know that's the future of the hobby, man. You know, it's in terms of the um, the youth and and it's uh, it's vitally important to get them you know into it to uh to help kind of preserve the hobby for generations and generations so yeah very uh, very good point Absolutely. rob upstate new york man thank you so much again for another super chat keep keep it up keith i appreciate that well dude listen i um i want to thank you paul for for being on the live stream and uh, taking off the moderator's hat and, and putting on the uh, the guest hat for this episode i uh, i commend you for all the work that you've been doing for Boston Reefer Society. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's great work and it's, it's, um, you know, I think the, the thing that uh, people can take away from this uh, live stream is that um, being part of a reef club, there's a lot of benefits. It's, it's so um, well worth the little money that it costs to be part of a, uh, a club. How, um, how can people, um, you know, find you guys and join the club? Yep. So our forum is located at www.bostonreefers.org. Um, we also have a Facebook group, you know, just Boston Reef Society Incorporated. We have a Facebook page, like a club page, you know, that's just a nonprofit, you know, uh, like a homepage, so to speak. Um, we're on Instagram, Boston Reef Society. What else? I think that's it. Sure, there's another one. Twitter. Twitter. I mean, obviously, you guys tweet, I created huh? all these. So- no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Not too often. One of the originals. One of, one of the originals. Mo Kirby. He created a um, a Twitter handle back in you know whenever Twitter came came into uh, into play, and. Uh, He's not. At, I don't know if he has a tank set up. I haven't talked to him in six months or whatever. But he was like, "Oh, we have a we have a Twitter page. I'll see if I can remember the login information." So you know, six months months went by. I created a, a our own page. I'd like to say, you know, I, I share on there regularly, but I don't just like Instagram mm-hmm. and everywhere else because I'm involved. You know, pulled six ways the Sunday on on time. You know, maybe if I can set up. I used to use a. Uh, an add-on, I, I can't remember what it was, uh, a number of years ago, where you could send out a post and it would post uh, everything. Yes. You know what I mean? Like set up automatically, different times. yeah. 
Yeah, like an automatic thing. I, I'm sure I still have it, you know, bookmarked somewhere. But again, where do you find the time <laughs> to look for it? You know, you get, I got I to gotta play Gran Turismo <laughs> after this. All right, dude. Well, listen, thanks again for being on the uh, on the live stream. And I also want to thank everybody for tuning in, for the folks that uh, contribute via the uh, the Super Chat. Thank you very much. And also thanks to the uh, sponsors of the live stream, Bulk Resupply and Ecotech Marine. So um, for those of you that don't know, we have the uh, episodes of Wrap and Re Reef Bum are also available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And um, one last thing, if uh, you anybody wants to recommend a guest for the show, and it should not be yourself, then please DM me on Instagram. I always love to hear ideas for guests for future episodes. My next live stream will be on Thursday, March 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Not next week. I'm supposed to be in Florida next week there, uh, Paul. So I'm going to be getting a little sunshine, getting out of the... Uh, yeah, you. Gonna, uh, I'm going to try to visit some uh, some friends down there. And... Um, might might pay uh, supposed to pay a visit to uh, Chris Meckley at ACI. Looking forward to that visit. So uh, on the next live stream on the twenty fourth, I'm going to have Tim Herman on, also known as Thurman on Reef to Reef. He is um, got the touch with SPS. I've had him on before, so I'm looking forward to that one. Should be another great show. Until then, be safe out there, and we will see you next time. Awesome. Thanks again. Keith. Thanks, Paul. Greatly appreciate it. Take care.